The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. That worship was awesome. Woo! I tell you, I thought I was going to float off the front row. Well, no kidding. It was awesome. So, I appreciate you being here today. And I say it, I say Loisa, right? Is that? Well, that's Texas right there. Loisa, if I can say. I speak Texas English, so. It's kind of a, kind of a dip Texas English. Well, we had a good time this weekend, didn't we? We were Friday. Did we do Friday. Friday, Saturday, I've kind of lost track of days. Um, somebody told me this was Sunday, is that right? <laughs> I think this is Sunday. So I'm really glad to be here with you. And worship team, let's give the whole worship team a big hand. They did awesome. Such a powerful group. And all of you that worked so hard to make this uh, the church, I know all of the tearing down and setting up is a big deal. <laughs> Every week, but you know what a blessing! And I tell you, I I really, you know, I honestly feel good about being here. You know, I don't know if you ever been anywhere you didn't feel good about being there. I've been a couple of places like that. So, but I really feel the connection of the Holy Spirit here, and uh, with Pastor Tafara and Chippo, and just all that God's doing in their life. Now, I'm only. Just want to get everybody clear here today. I'm only 39, so when I'm telling when I'm telling my stories and stuff, I'm only 39. But being only 39, I, I, I'm, I'm, my wife said to Pastor Tafara at um, at Wealth Builders in in the U.S. in Colorado. Uh, I didn't know she told him this, but she told him in the green room. Right? You you finally made it into the green room, right? Ashley Teredes kind of, uh, he kind of finagled you in there, right? And, and, but she called him a spiritual son. And so since I've, uh, since I've been here, of course, my wife is a lot more prophetic than I am. And uh, so she sees things sometimes I don't. But I didn't feel that way about him at all. But now that I've been here, praise the Lord. <laughs> now, I don't know. I'm only 39. And what do you... So praise the Lord. I, I genuinely, genuinely feel it. So uh, today I'm going to share on the subject of favor. I forgot to push my watch, so don't take that off of me now because I only get, uh, I, always, I always make sure I got the right time. And we, listen, now today, I promise you, we won't go longer than two hours. Is that all right? We won't go longer than two hours. Let me tell you something I learned a long time in speaking. You don't get paid for overtime. So uh, not going to get paid. So this morning I want to talk about the favor of God and uh, just kind of pick up with some of the things that we left off with from our conference this weekend. Uh, we're going to read in Jeremiah chapter 52 and in verse 31. Jeremiah chapter 52, verse 31. Now, to save time, I'm going to go ahead and read from the Amplified uh, Amplified Classic Version uh, in Jeremiah 52 and verse 31. I was just reading this passage one day in my daily Bible reading, and uh, it just kind of, you know, how many you read a scripture, you've read it before, or maybe you've heard it preached on before. I've never heard this preached on, never heard this passage preached on. But I had read it in my daily Bible reading, and one day it just jumped off the page as I was reading it. It's like the Holy Spirit was making it real to me. And it said this. It said, in the 37th year of the captivity of Joachim, also called Conaniah and Jeconiah, king of Judah, in the 12th month, on the 25th day of the month, evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign. So it's setting it all up, giving the exact time period. It says, in the first year of his reign, he lifted up the head of Joachim, king of Judah, and showed favor to him, and brought him out of prison, 
and spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat above the seat, seats of the kings who were captives with him in Babylon. And Joachim put off his prison garments and he dined regularly at the king's table all the days of his life. And then verse 34 says, And his allowance, a continual one, was given him by the king of Babylon, a portion according to his requirements until the day of his death, all the days of his life. Now, I was reading this passage and, and you know, just uh, looking through it. And so I, I will usually do my daily Bible reading in the New Life, uh, excuse me, New Living Translation. And so I just, you know how you can do now on your iPad and your phone, you can just go to another translation. So I switched over to the Amplified here, the Amplified Classic, and I was, I was reading it, and, you know, it just kind of really amplifies what, uh, what the, this king in Babylon did for Joachim. And, uh, you know, the things that are listed, first of all, he lifted his head above the other kings. That's number one. Number two, he brought him out of prison. Now, that's a big deal. If you're in prison and you get out, I mean, that's a big deal, right? But then the Bible says that he obviously gave him new clothes to wear, right? He gave him, he put off his prison garments. And then it said he got to eat at the king's table. Now, in those days, that was a big deal, eating at the king's table. He got to eat at the king's table all the days of his life. So watch this now. Watch this now. He was dressing well. He was eating well. But that part doesn't really impress me. What really impressed me is the very last verse that says that his allowance, in other words, he had money that was coming to him and it says his allowance, a continual one. Now, how many of you, you know, one translation says his daily allowance, a continual one. How many of you like to have a daily allowance that is a continual one? I just want to make sure I'm speaking to the right crowd today. I'm not sure. A daily allowance, a continual one. It said this. Now, listen, it says all the days of his life. Think about that. And so... As I was reading through that, I began to study, and I thought, you know, what a peculiar thing to happen, really, you know? What a unique thing that all these other kings are in prison. They're all with him, but this king reaches down and just kind of handpicks, it looks like, Joachim, and picks him up and sets him above the other kings. In fact, the Bible says here in the Amplified Bible, he showed favor to him, Right? And so as I was reading this, I started studying. I went over, of course, to the Amplified Version. And then I began to study. You know, sometimes when you're in passages of Scripture, it's, it's good just to study the names of the people in the passage, study the meaning of the names. And the name Joachim, his name actually means preparation. It literally means preparation. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Here's the part we miss. He was in prison, according to this passage, 37 years. Before the king reached down and picked him up and showed him favor. Now what's amazing about that is, the question is, what was Joachim doing for 37 years? Well, somebody says, well, he was in prison, right. But what was he doing in prison? Evidently, it was in his life for Joachim, he was in captivity. But that time, during that time of captivity, instead of complaining and fussing and kicking the dog, come on, somebody help me today. Instead of doing that, the Bible says here, evidently, Joachim was stewarding the season that he was in. There's something about even as a young person, and most of the time when we're younger, I know I did, and I've gone through seasons of my life that I, that I look back now on and see that God was preparing me. I, in fact, I thought when I was whatever age, you know, and remember I'm only 39, but I actually had personally enjoyed some success in my 20s, a certain degree of success that most people in America would call successful. 
And I looked back on, and I thought, you know, in my 20s, come on now, somebody help me. I thought I had arrived. I mean, you know, I'm, th- this, this is everything. I didn't say this in the first service, but I remember in my 20s, I remember my wife and I, uh, I, I bought our first house, right? And the first house I bought was a, re- this is years ago, right? I'm only 39 years ago, but years ago. Uh, we bought a house that was honestly beyond our dreams, and, and we could afford it. We didn't really buy more house than we could. We could afford it back then because God was prospering. I remember I bought two new cars, you know, in, in that season of time. And I remember thinking, truthfully, and I had two, my two young, my, my daughter was born and my son was born, and we were really living well. In fact, I remember telling my dad, my dad came with me one time, and he said, son, don't, don't spend money like that. He wasn't talking about the house and the cars. He was just talking about us going out eating. And my dad came from the Great Depression in America in those days. But I was making so much money in those days at that period of time, cash money coming in uh, to me that, yeah, cash money. that. Uh, <laughs> And what I didn't realize was that season of my 20s was simply a time of preparation. I thought I had arrived, honestly. And, of course, then I lost all of that. Nothing, nothing dramatic or terrible happened. There wasn't anything wrong. It's just that I went through a season that God took me through another season, and which got me set up uh, several seasons during that time, got me set up for what I'm doing today. But here's the point I want to share with you. And, none, and they, now, young folk, don't get discouraged with this. But Joachim was there for 37 years. And the point I want you to get is not that he was in captivity for 37 years, but that he was in a season of preparation for 37 years. And obviously, God in that season of preparation was actually, actually blessing him even though he was in prison. There was stuff that was happening for him. But here's the key. Joachim prepared or stewarded the season instead of complaining about it, instead of fussing about it, he was stewarding the season that, that God has for his life. And I know uh, I mentioned this in the first service that T.D. Jakes has written a book recently. I think it's his latest book. And um, where he references the making of wine and the crushing of the grape. You know what I'm talking about, right? The crushing of the grape. In that book, then there's some other books that kind of run parallel to that that, that have been written literal, uh, li- uh, uh, recently, literally about the seasons of people's lives that you go through. And the point of that being is that for you to become what you need to be and for you to sometimes you go through that crushing doesn't mean God is coming and doing things to you negatively or God is hurting you. That's not what I'm saying. But you go through those seasons of preparation and, and God takes what Satan meant for evil and turns it for good. If you and I will, be, will trust God, I said at the end of the service, first service said you have to, in those seasons, you have to graduate from faith to trust. Because faith is about expecting specific things, expecting specific things to happen in your life. Trust is when you don't understand everything that's going on, but I'm trusting God anyway. And listen, listen, I have the privilege and the opportunity every week, sometimes every day, and I'm with Andrew Walmack personally and, and around where we're making the big business decisions around the ministry and that kind of thing. And I do that a lot with Andrew, Jamie, and Paul Milligan who's the CEO, and that, that's kind of, and I get to see that every day from the inside. And if there's anybody I have ever met in my life that understands the difference between walking in faith, because he is a faith man, but also he's, he, in his mind, the way he trusts God is incredible. It's had a great impact on my life where there's sometimes, you know, I'll be in a meeting and something will come up, and somebody's either attacking the ministry or doing something, you know, I want to reach over and grab them around the neck, you know. And uh, you know what I'm saying. Andrew said, Billy, God will take care of it. And God takes care of it every time. I mean, it just, it just works out. Well, he just walks that way. So I told him just about two weeks ago, we were back in, we were in his office, and I said, you know, Andrew, you've had a big impact on me. And he said, really? I said, really? 
And he said, uh, in what way? I said, you know, being around you, I'm learning to trust God in a way I've never trusted before. Now, I thought I had. But I see stuff that sometimes, you know, I want to worry for Andrew. You can't make Andrew worry, you know. <laughs> Paul Milligan is kind of his worrier, you know. And then when Paul gets too worried, he calls me. But you have to graduate in your heart from faith to trust. So here, here's Joachim, 37 years. 37 years, he's in captivity. And the whole time he's in captivity, he's stewarding that season that he's in. And see, some of you right now, you may not understand all the things that are circling around your life. Or all the things that are happening. But I believe in Jesus' name that God weaves the thread of his purpose through everything we set our hands to do. God is weaving his thread of purpose today. And even, even where I am in my life today. And I look back on the places that God has brought me through. It, 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 I have to look back and look at it. Because at the time I did not completely understand everything that was happening, even the good things, right? Even the good things, I did not understand. And I'm, I, may, I may tell some of those stories. I told a few, but I may tell some different ones uh, in this service. I'm gonna tell, I might tell a couple new stories. Oh, brother. Now I'm going to need an extra hour if I tell anything. Okay, so you can write this down. Favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. Favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. The Bible says the king showed Joachim favor. And so he prepared, he stewarded the season that happened for 37 years. So we talked about during the conference this weekend, we talked about uh, both myself, Ashley, Pastor Tafara talked about the parable of the talents, right? And so we won't go back and, and rehearse all that, but we'll just remind you of this. The one with the five talents, right, he turned it into five more, right? We talked about all those things that went with it. But then what happened is the one with the one talent who went and buried his talent, put it in the ground. The Bible says the master took that talent away from him and gave it to the one who now has ten. So when he gave him the talent... He now has 11 talents. And the question is, what did the guy now with 11 talents do to get that last one talent? And the answer is nothing. Because what he had done to take the five and turned it into five more, then the favor of God shows up on your life and God puts his super on top of your natural to make it supernatural. Then the supernatural of God comes to your life and things get added to your life that what's this now that you didn't do anything to get that's what we mean when we say money is attracted not pursued so what happens is when i start stewarding the season that i'm in and i'm in those seasons of preparation and i take five and turn it into five more then god supernaturally shows up and things begin to come to my life i didn't even expect i wasn't even believing for i didn't even see coming but god supernaturally shows me his favor and they come on top of that so favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. Now let me say something here. I didn't do as good a job in the first service as I thought I should with this, so I want to say this. I just need another 15 minutes. And that is this, is that most Christians in, in, in kind of from our backgrounds and where we come from in the teaching of the Word of God, most of us live on the manna of God. But the Bible says in the book of, of Exodus chapter 5 and verse 12, verses 10, 11, and 12, verse 12, it says, and on that day the manna ceased. Watch this now. Watch this. And the people ate from the produce of the land. Now stay with me here. Most Christians, when it comes to their money and finances, they continue to live off manna. See, when I was younger in those seasons of preparation, I would think, 
it was just something supernatural if somebody walked up and gave me a $100 bill. But my God, that's a miracle of God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, pretentious or anything like that now. But $100 in my life today has zero impact, right? I mean, I appreciate it and I honor it and I respect it. You understand, I don't want to sound pretentious or haughty because I'm not. But, but if, if, if you're going to come to me today and give me something, if you're going to hand me something that's going to be life-changing, it needs to have six or seven zeros after it. Yeah, U.S., yeah. I don't, I don't know about the... About the Rand, you know. I'm not sure about the Rand. I, I don't know how to add and subtract them. Huh? It's what? Zimbabwe dollars. Oh, Zimbabwe. No. Millions Zimbabwe dollars. But, here, but here's what I want you to get. It says in, in, in Exodus 5, on that day, in fact, you know what? Let's just read it. I'll just obey the Holy Spirit here and we won't. I don't have to stay, and I'm so glad it's the second service that we don't have to get out at any particular time. And Y'all relax. It's okay. It's all right. We'll get there. Exodus chapter 5, and look at verse 10 real quick. And I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Was that what I said, Exodus 5? Exodus 5 and verse... Uh, What did I say here? I got the wrong. What, what am I in? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Joshua chapter 5. That's what I got wrong. Sorry about that, folks. Joshua, I'm doing this. I'm just following the Lord here out of my spirit. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 10. It says, So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, and chased them along the road that goes... That's the wrong one, too. Oh, I, oh I'm in uh, Joshua 10. It's my phone went to the wrong place. It wasn't me. Hang on, Joshua 5. There we go. Now I got it. Oh, praise God. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight of the plains of Jericho, and they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread, parts grain, and on the very same day. Then verse 12 says, Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Now I want you to see, in fact, verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal, which means to, to roll away. And then the Bible said, watch this now. So God had to get them in the right mindset. We're talking about favor being attracted to a spirit of preparation. God had to get them in the right mindset. They were bringing and living in their mind with the reproach of Israel or of Egypt on their life. And they had to get their minds renewed. And so Gilgal means to roll away. What was being rolled away literally was the reproach of Egypt. In other words, the mindset that came with a slavery mindset. They had to get rid of a slavery mindset. They had to get rid of the reproach of Egypt. They always were wanting to go back. So, but then, watch this now, but then on that day that the rolling away happened, on that day, the manna ceased. See, many Christians live financially from miracle to miracle. Thank God for the miracles. But the truth of the matter is somebody in the body of Christ is going to have to learn how to take five talents and turn them into five more talents. They got to learn how to. Now watch this. There was favor because the master came up and gave him five talents to start off. But why did he give it to him? Why? Favors attracted to a spirit of preparation. He evidently knew what to do with the five talents. 
because he turned them into five more. Then the master showed up at the end and gave him one more talent. So watch this. Because he was walking in the spirit of preparation, he wasn't just trying to live from, will somebody walk up and give me $100? He was having to move in his mindset to what do I have to do to learn how to steward that money? In other words, if you win a million dollars, you best become a millionaire in your thinking so you get to keep the money. Because if you don't, you'll lose it. Money has a way of fleeing from your hands. Huh? On that day, the manna ceased. And I remember in my life when I was had the cash, right? Cash coming in. I remember I had to go through a whole metamorphosis. In my metamorphosis, in my mind changing, getting my mind renewed. And that's why I passionately preach and teach what I do today about the practical side. Because many Christians are still living in the wilderness, eating manna, calling it the blessing of God. The blessing of God is not living off the manna. The blessing of God is learning to eat the produce of the land that God is giving you. And listen, let me encourage you. God is no respecter of persons. What God will do for one, he'll do for the other. Thank God for the manna. But when you really begin to go into the place where the favor of God shows up, as the favor of God shows up in the land which I give you. And God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't limit you by your background. He doesn't limit you by where you come from. Every one of us are born again the same. And because of that, in being no respecter of persons, God will give each person your own land. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you eat the produce of that land. Mm. Mm. We got to get some of you off the manna. We got to get some of you off the manna in Johannesburg, South Africa. Got to get you off the manna because favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. And Joachim, watch this, stewarded the season that he had. Stewarded the season that he had for 37 years. Now let me give you the next one. How many of you still glad you came? That's only two of you. That's enough to keep going. Number two, number one. Favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. Number two, favor is released through a spirit of association. That's what I talked about this weekend in the conference where I talked about divine connections, right? And Kairos moments, right? And to far, I just heard the Lord say this morning, and, I, and um, just sitting on the front row, you know, you had Andrew Womack Ministries, the director Andrew Walmart Ministries was here. You had the director of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Now this young man, so anointed worship, he's here today. There's people God's bringing across your path, you and Chippo's path, that supernaturally take you. It's not because you're such a cool person or a smart person. It's because in God's plan and God's purpose, right, God brings those associations to you. Right, that bring you into the place of destiny and purpose that God has for your life. Right, He does that, and so He does that through favor. So it happens through favor, the favor of God on your life. And the minute, the minute you let it go to your head, which I've been guilty of historically in my life, I let it go to my head. Certain things where I thought, well, I'm a big deal. Right, back in the day. Right, remember I'm only 39, but back in the day. And I let it go to my head. I mean, you know, you're really a big deal. It wasn't until I was able to get rid of all that junk and say, you know what? I don't really care anything happens. I mean, I really got to that point with God. As a matter of fact, I can tell you truthfully, quite a few, several years ago, I got to the point where I was fine, right? So financially, and I was on the couch. If any of you ever heard my story about being on the couch, I was on the couch. And as far as I was concerned, I was done. In other words, not done because I was depressed. Not done because I was defeated, but I had all the money I thought I needed. 
I was doing some things with that money to bless other people. And I didn't want to go anywhere and teach or preach. I didn't want to. I just wanted to be left alone. <laughs> True story. I'd get up, go out in the morning. I had this big saltwater pool in my backyard with a waterfall. And I'd go out there and, and drink a little juice and, you know, and just kind of meditate and think. And all of a sudden, God started stirring my nest started kind of getting me going and said, I have a greater purpose for you. There's things I want you doing. And that's when I get the phone talking about association. And while I'm sitting back there in the backyard and, you know, just having a good time, enjoying myself, my wife and I, just me and my wife, have, and I wasn't depressed. I wasn't, you know, upset. I wasn't defeated. None of that stuff like that. You know what I mean? But God came and stirred my nest. And Paul Milligan called me on the telephone, who's the CEO of Andrew Walmart Ministries. And in this, on this story, I actually had caller ID. And I'm sitting in my pickup truck. I told this this morning. And I'm sitting in my pickup truck, caller ID, and I can see it calling. It said, Paul Milligan. I'm sitting at the Goodwill store giving away some of my junk or my good stuff in my pickup truck. And I'm taking stuff from my house and giving it to Goodwill. And I saw, and I said to my wife, oh, that's Paul. And I just got ready to hit the client. And my wife slapped me. Boom! Right on the shoulder. She said, you're going to answer that phone call. I said, yes, ma'am. I've learned it. And he said, hey. I said, hey, Paul. And he said, Billy. I said, what? He said, I'm starting a business school at Karis. And he said, uh, I want you to come help me. And that was the beginning of what's happened today. During that time, it was through the spirit of association. Because Paul and I had known each other in business and also in training for years before that period of time. I didn't tell that this morning. But we'd known each other period for a long period of time before that to bring me to really what I'm doing today. The spirit of association. God will always pull you up through the spirit of association. But the way that God shows his favor, his favor gets released in your life through divine connections. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about plotting and scheming. And I'm not talking about self-promotion. I'm not talking about trying to make yourself and force doors open. In fact, I'll tell you about this with me. I never go anywhere I'm not invited Ever, and I never, I most of the time, I don't even go where I am invited. That's true. That's not an embellishment, that's the truth. And some people get upset at us, get mad at us about it, but I only go where I feel the presence of God. I'm here today. Because I seriously now, I'm not. I'm here today because I wasn't looking for something else to do. As a matter of fact, I was looking for something not to do, because I never go anywhere in July. I stay home, and there's a reason for that. Naturally, the reason is is the Bible school is over in May. We have all of our big conferences in June, so I try to take off all of July, and I speak at all of our conferences every week. So I have four conferences I speak at in a row in Colorado that people come from all over the world to, and then I take July off, right? But here I am in South Africa with Tafara, Pastor Tafara. But no, but I'm saying the presence of God, right? You, you feel that. So here's what I want you to get. Favor is released in your life through association. So God will bring things to you through divine connections that come in. And I'm almost out of time, but let me do this real quick. So I remember, uh, you know, give you another phone story. The, uh, I remember one day, this is quite a few years ago now. How many of you remember the brick cell phones? Remember the big cell phones? Remember those, right? And so then right in that same period of time, at about 18 months, 24 months, they introduced this, the big brick came out. I had one of those, right? And then right, right a couple of years 18 months after that came out, they came out, Nokia came out with a little small kind of black phone that had this little bitty gray screen at the top, 
and the lettering was kind of amber, you know, kind of an amber color at the and uh, so I remember I was standing in a, in, a, in a Ford dealership and I was having the oil changed in my truck that I had and I got a phone call and, the, and it just said on the screen, calling. You know, today, if, if Pastor Tafara was calling me, it would say, you know, Pastor Tafara and then I could just reach up and hit the decline button. But in those days, in those days, it just said calling, you know, just calling. And so in those days, there was only two people that had my number. One was my wife, of course, Becky. And the other one was my, in those days, executive assistant that I had for years. Her name was Lynn. And so I, I assumed it was either Becky or Lynn. And so I just said, hello, right? And expecting to hear a female voice on the other end, but it was a male voice. And the male voice uh, said, is this, at the, in those days, this has been years ago, said, is this Pastor Billy Eppard? I said, it is. And I'm thinking in my mind, who is this, right? And this person says on the other end of the phone, he said, uh, we have a tape of yours. And I said, now how many remember the days of cassette tapes? Now, not the MP, whatever's we have now and all that. These were cassette tapes. And he said, I have a tape of yours. And I said, a tape? He said, and I'm thinking, and so I said to him, I, you know, I had enough presence of mind to say, well, where are you? You know, this guy's calling me. Where are you? He said, I'm on the east coast of America. Well, I was in Denver, Colorado, and he was in, on the east coast of America calling me out of the blue. And I knew, I don't know if I said this in the first service, but I knew that if my executive assistant gave him my number, it must be important. She wouldn't have given him the number. And so uh, I said, well, well, how can I help you? He said, well, we have a cassette tape of yours we would like to publish. Really, publish, right? And so I said, okay. You know, how does that work? You know, the businessman that I am, I want to know how it works. And he said, well, the way it works is, he said, we, we produce, we, we sell of those tapes 30,000 tapes a week. Now, that would just be the one tape, 30,000. And we say, we pay you a royalty off of those tapes that are sold, but they're already sold. So you're not waiting to sell them. You just, you, you know, you, it's a guaranteed amount. And he said, and we pay you a royalty on those tapes. And so I said, the smart businessman that I am, I said, well, how much is the royalty? <laughs> and he said, uh, he told me. And, you know, I'm trying to add and subtract in my brain while I'm talking on the phone, right? And, uh, and I, so I start, I'm trying to add. And here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. I was teaching the tape that he talked that he they wanted to publish this one tape. He I was teaching that to 30 people on a Wednesday night. 30 people on a Wednesday night. Now I don't mean this wrong. I don't want this to sound pretentious. I really don't, okay? But today in this day and age, no embellishment. I get tw- I get offered twenty five thousand dollars if somebody for somebody if they want a two or three hour lunch. They say, "Can I have a two or three hour lunch with you?" That's true. Now it's not an embellishment. It's true. I get offered that because they want to ask me certain kind of questions. It's really true. Okay, I'm not kidding. And so and so and I don't take those because I'm not doing this for the money. But people try to get act. They want information or access, whatever. And so I don't I don't respond. But Listen, let me tell you something. In those days, if we would have sold five cassette tapes on a Sunday morning, I thought we were in a landslide revival. <laughs> if you just sold, you know, Pastor Defar, right? If somebody wants to buy you, I don't know how you do it in this day and age because I don't do it like that anymore. But, you know, if somebody, and this guy is talking about 30,000 tapes in a week. The very, and he said, and I have another tape of yours that was given. We're talking about a spirit of association. He said, I have another tape of yours that was given to us. It's called Five Characteristics of a Healthy Family. And he said, we want to publish, so we want to publish it too. 
And he said, and we want to publish one tape a month from now on. So you just send us the tape and whatever you teach, and we'll do it. Well, look, I'm adding this up in my mind. And I'm, I'm, you know, I go from adding to multiplying. And I start multiplying, and I didn't say this. I didn't finish this in the first service, so y'all going to get the finish part. But I, w- I was making more money from the tapes that I was speaking to 30, to 30 people on a Wednesday night that I was in my entire salary. I doubled. I more than doubled what I was making instantly just through the... And even today as I'm standing here, I still get royalty checks. So look, you may not like what I have to say. That's okay. Somebody out there did. I still meet people that say, I listen to that tape. I'll be somewhere, you know. And I'm making the point here. Watch this now. Here's the point. Those tapes got on the East Coast because a man and a woman walked into the church on a Sunday morning who I had never met. And they got a visitor packet, and she chose five characteristics of a healthy family. He chose seven steps to reaching your dreams, which later became a big enough dream. She chose the, uh, that one. He chose that one. And they sent it out to the East Coast, and the rest is history. Now, watch this. Watch this. I thought I was just talking to 30 people on a Wednesday night. But God in that season knew that I was talking to literally hundreds of thousands of people who paid for what I had to say. So God supernaturally will bring you up through the spirit of association. Those divine connections that come into your life. Now look, it's not about self-promotion. It's about stewardship. Let me say it one more time. It's not about self-promotion. It's about stewardship. And look, it'll happen in any category of business you're in. God has people to get you to where he needs to get you supernaturally in your life. Now listen, I'm out of time. And uh, I've told my stories, one or two of them. I got one more I may tell, but I'm going to just give you this one. I'm not going to preach it. I'm going to give it to you. You'll have to watch maybe the first service or however y'all do it. I'm not sure how you do it. But I'll give you the point. Favor is uncovered by a spirit of expectation. So favor is uncovered by a spirit of expectation. And I preached that in the first service, but I'm going I'm to just kind of close this morning uh, with this story. I've had it stern in me, so I'm going to tell it. Several years ago, I was in, in Africa, and uh, this is probably back in the late 90s, I think. And uh, I was with a friend of mine, and we had, I was with a couple of friends of mine, ministers. One of those, I'll use his name, but his name is Mark Hankins. He's, he's really from kind of the Rhema crowd, uh, been a lot in the Rhema churches. I don't know if he's been over here much, but in America and other parts of the world, he's kind of well known in the, in the Rhema churches. And so... Um, he, uh, he and I and his wife, Trina, and my wife, Becky, and then uh, another two friends of ours, a couple named uh, David and Melta Briggs. David's my partner today in Tricord Global. And so we were over preaching in Nairobi at Don Matheny's church called Nairobi Lighthouse Church. So we were teaching in, in, a, in the, if you know anything about that church, it's a big place, you know, it's a big place. And so we were in a soccer stadium. I won't tell you what, what we did. That was funny in that soccer stadium. We tried to run around it, and we ran out of gas, but that's another story. But we got ready to leave there and go to Bujumbura, Burundi, to preach. And so we were going to teach. And so Mark Hankins, I don't know why I felt compelled to tell this story, so just give me a moment because I'm not, I'm not looking to go over. I just want to tell this story. I want to get it out. 
And uh, Mark Hankins said to me, he said, hey, Billy, because this is years ago, right? This is probably mid-90s. He said, hey, listen, he said, let's fly first class. He said, let's go from, from Nairobi to Bujumbura. Let's go first class. And, uh, of course, I was younger, right? I had to be, what, 20, 18 or 20 back then, you know, 19. <laughs> and he said, uh, so let's go, let's go pay Let's go buy first-class tickets. We already had tickets. Let's go buy first-class. We were on Kenyan Airways. And so we go into the, uh, into the office to, to purchase first-class tickets. So he's sitting over at one desk, and the agent is helping him. I'm sitting at another desk, and the agent's helping me. And so we, we both are going to pay for our tickets. And so we go through this whole process. Then we get up. This is in the old days in the old Nairobi. Now, now Kenyan Airways is a whole new terminal. In those days, we had to walk forever to go from where the office was to that place. And so we get over there, uh, and I get over to, to get my luggage to go in, and the lady says to me, the agent, the ticket agent says to me, because Mark and Trina were ahead of me, so they went ahead and went through. Ticket agent said this was the days before the security that we have today. The agent said to me, she said, uh, she said, oh, she said, you don't have, you don't have uh, the first class stickers on your ticket. And I said, stickers? And she said, yeah, your colleague ahead of you, he's got the stickers. I said, what kind of stickers? She said, they're green stickers. So I, she said, you're going to have to go back over and get the green. So I go back over, way over here, and go back and tell the lady, oh, she said, yeah, she said, I forgot to put the stickers on your ticket. This was a paper ticket, not the days, you know, where you could do it electronically. So she puts these four green label stickers on each one of our tickets. And she said, now you can fly first class. So I go back over there with my four green stickers, hand it to the ticket agent. She lets me through. I fly first class to Baroon. We preach, do the stuff we're going to do over there. And then I get back. We get ready to come back to the airport in Bujumbura. We're getting ready to fly out. And we go through the stuff, get in there. And I'm sitting right here. And I'm sitting down just like this. I'm sitting. And this guy with, in a military uniform comes up to me. And he says, come with me. True story. So I walk with him. And I follow him. And we go up this stairwell to the top and when I get to the top right when I turn around the corner to go into the stairwell a guy with an AK-47 and a military uniform walks behind me and the guy with the pistol on his side is in front of me so we go up into the office this little bitty office with a wooden desk and there's this guy standing there he was a colonel and uh, he said to me let me see your ticket I saw, I showed him my ticket. And he took my paper ticket and he started tearing the green labels off. And he took the green labels and he rolled them up in his hand like this. And I said to him, those are my first class labels. And he said, well, you're not flying first class anymore. Now, see, I didn't know he was really wanting to bribe. I didn't know that in those days. I really didn't. I do now. <laughs> but I didn't then. And so he held his hand out like that. And he said, well, you're not flying first class anymore. Well, there was like this righteous indignation that rose up on the inside of me because I had walked a long way to get those green labels. <laughs> And so, true story, I reached down with my hand and popped those green. You know how if somebody's got a quarter or a coin in their hand, you can pop it out of their hand? I popped those green labels out of, out of true story, out of his hand with the guy with an AK-47 standing behind me. And I took those labels and I put them back on my paper ticket right on his gray. In fact, I had to tear the ticket from his hand and it tore. The ticket actually tore. And I put them and I said, you're not taking my green labels. You're not taking my first class ticket. I'm keeping my first class ticket. And I'll tell you something else. I'm flying first class. True story. And I turned around 
and walked out. Then the guy with the gun moved. I walked down the hall and went back and sat down. I want to tell you something today in challenge. We're talking about favor. God is no respecter of persons. And he's given every one of you first class tickets with green labels on them. And what we've done is we've come along and we let the devil take our stickers off the tickets of what God has promised us either because we're not stewarding the season or let me say let, let me challenge you with this are some of us even since we were small kids small children that the devil has come along or somebody came along and put a label on you that said you weren't qualified you don't measure up you can't have it and it's time you tear that label off and put the label that God has for you on your head and let the favor of God come on your life I don't know who I'm talking to today, and Pastor, I went over, but I felt like I was supposed to tell that story. Because I'm telling you, the labels are important, but it's the right labels. And so this morning, I want to pray for you. Amen? The favor of God, watch this now, the favor of God is attracted to a spirit of preparation. The favor of God is released through a spirit of association, and the favor of God is uncovered. By a spirit of expectation. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Now this morning I want to pray for you. We're going to release our faith together. As a church. As a group. Hallelujah. And I really believe in this service. This second service today going to be some of you that literally get set free there's things that God has wanted you to steward there's things that God has wanted you to walk in in a spirit of preparation and in in uh, in actually uh, enjoying the fullness and the blessing of God but because you've been wearing the wrong label you've continued to go back to that point And it's time you let a righteous indignation rise up on the inside of you and say, I'm not going to be limited by that. I'm not going to let that keep me back. I'm not going to let that keep me from going where God wants me to go. So, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I lift up this congregation to you. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, as they've heard the word of God today that people will walk in the freedom and the blessing that you've called for them. I speak over them today and I declare that there's some this morning that are moving from the place of just eating the manna, that are, that are literally moving to eating the fruit of the land that you've put them in. I declare over them today there's some that here that have been limited by the labels that somebody else has put on them. And Father, this morning, in the name of Jesus, I speak over those limitations. And I speak to those limitations and command those limitations to come off of people. Right now, I command those limiting labels to come off of them. And in Jesus' name, I say the first class, the blessing of God. Right now, the, the, uh, the heritage of God and the purpose of God and the qualification of God right now in Christ comes over their life. They receive it in Jesus' name. Their minds today are set free. They, Father, that they see in their life it's the things that are attracted, not just the things that are pursued because of where they are. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for setting people free Father I pray for some very specifically today this is their season when you're going to reach down and pick them up and lift them above the other kings Father you're going to get them new clothes to wear I speak over you today I'm speaking over this church today and I declare over this church I say today there's new clothes to wear for this church I declare there's new places to walk over this church. In Jesus' name, I declare in the name of Jesus that the old robes are coming off. And the new robes are coming on. I declare the next level and the next level and the next level. 
of what God has ordained, proclaimed, and said is so is coming to pass. So, Pastor DeFar, I just speak to you. Now, look, I don't always do this if I do go to a church, which is not a lot because of the other things we do, but I'm just going to speak over you today. And I declare, and I speak this to get ready because I'm declaring over you there's new clothes today by the Spirit of God that are being given to you and Chippo in Jesus' name. The blessings of God. I'm declaring and speaking over you today there's new places to walk. I speak that. And let there be a spirit of impartation. Father God, that same that same anointing. Same anointing. There's ministry, there's calling, there's pastoral ministry, but there's also marketplace on you. And I declare that over you now in Jesus' name. So today, I don't, man, I don't, I ain't done this. I don't ever, I don't ever do this. But today, I'm going to pray over you. Let me take your hand here for a second. I'm going to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. I release both of them into what's next. It's what's next. It's what's next. I hear the Lord saying, don't get impatient. Don't get impatient. You just be patient, be confident, graduate from faith and trust. But I hear the Lord saying, now's the time. It's the time for the next season in your life in fact probably I thought I was coming here for the Grace in the Marketplace conference but I might be here the whole reason I even came to South Africa might be for this prayer Father in the name of Jesus let that anointing let this be today even a new day a new day I speak today and increase over you. I speak and release you today into your next season. It's coming now. So get ready, get ready. Father, I thank you now. Father, I pray over Chippo. Thank you right now, Father, that you're anointing. You're blessing over her life. That you've blessed, you have blessed the words of her mouth. But I say today, you not only bless the words of her mouth, but Father God, you're blessing the work of her hands. But Father, as she, I just just see it, man, this is something I just see over you, Chippo, that money comes to your hands. God blesses the work of your hands. Money comes to your hands. You're not limited by where you are. You're not limited by where you've been. God is a limitless God. He can get you anywhere in the world from right here. So, Father, I speak that now in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, God has called you as a voice. He's called you as a voice in the marketplace. He's called you as a voice to this nation. I don't, you know, look, whenever people are prophesying and people speak things and whatever, but I believe in the prophetic unction the Holy Spirit and God has called you as a voice he's prepared you your heart is there so just like you were talking about the your heart in the offering and the transportation you know what's it going to take you to get you from here to there there's a transportation in you of how God's going to transport you from where you are today to where you're going to go that transport of how you go through that is critical to where you end up and so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak that and declare that, that he's coming to that place, coming to that place, that place of anointing, that place of increase, but really the place of destiny, the place of purpose in a higher level. So I thank you for it. Then I got to do this last thing. I know I'm in the second service here, but I got to do it. So I just, I just feel strong in my heart that, 
that uh, I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to pray for the ladies in the service. I'm going to pray for the ladies. I just feel this. And listen, ladies, I'm talking to you. Just I'm being stirred to this, so I'm just going to give it out. There's stuff that's happened to some of you, not all of you, but some of you, that if you looked at it just in the natural from where you are, um, it would be devastating or harmful as you look back. You even some of you even feeling that way today. But I'm going to tell you, today's your day. I'm going to pray over you in Jesus' name right now, and you're going to be released from the hurt and the scars. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just obey you, and I pray for the ladies, the women in here today, those that have been hurt, where labels have been put on them those that have been scarred in the name of Jesus I speak the healing power of the Holy Spirit over their life the scars to be removed Father let that today in this anointing today that they come into their rightful place in Jesus name Hallelujah and everybody said Amen We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.